ladies and gentlemen, September 17th, 2019. This is End of Regulation, episode 31, Who the Falk is That? We are here to bring you everything in sports and entertainment that you've missed, give you our hot takes and input, and put a little bit of money in your pocket while doing so. Wouldn't be able to do it alone, so let me intro the crew that is behind the movement of thinning the herd, so to say. Ladies and gentlemen, live from Richmond, Tommy Lasagna. How we doing, kid? It's good to be back. Another week in the studio. Had a killer week against the book this week. Crushed it on NFL Sundays. Uh, lost it on Monday Night Football, but you know, push a push on the weekend is a win in my book. A win is a win. Well, next up, a winner in my eyes, coming to us live from New York City, Harry Douglas. How we doing, kid? We're doing well. I uh, I'm I'm slowly coming to grips that I'm not the athlete that I once was. Uh, not that I was ever that much of an athlete, but any any. Well, you gotten back on skates or something? No, I was um, just playing golf and things like you know. Even that that was my. That was my go-to. I'm just not the guy I used to be, Gardner. Well, father, I'm sorry to hear that. You know, Father Time is undefeated. <laughs> well, at least you got the podcast to fall back on to, Exactly. Right? At least I can still talk about That's sports. That's right. Exactly. All right, well, let's kick it off. Give these people some music to listen to. I think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. You got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we're going to give you everything that you missed with a little bit of the sauce. So here's the agenda. We're going to give you some banner with the news and the information that you didn't know you needed. We're going to do a little bit of NFL Week 2 recap in review. We're going to give you an injury update and much, much more. We're going to let Tommy Lasagna give you about a 60-second recap on the ML buy and everything that you need to know. And then lastly, we'll wrap things up with uh, some buzzer beaters, some music history, and some last thoughts. So um, we'll kick it right off because I know how much Harrison just loves my thoughts and I've got plenty of them so I brought another thought to the table here tonight to start us as a warm-up while being fun employed uh, I've had copious amounts of time to walk the dog and I found a genuine hatred for mosquitoes mesquite eyes as uh, plural Um, and uh, I truly have done some research and besides like their larva being some type of food for frogs They serve absolutely no fucking purpose on this earth, and they need to be included in the thinning of the herd because they're a terrible species. They spread diseases. They're fucking disgusting. They bathe on still water, and I need them gone. So I'm here to ask your guys' help. I don't know if the fans want to help, but we need to figure out a way to get rid of them, uh, and I'm just putting it out there. Tom, you're a science guy. Figure it out. Uh, Yeah, as a science guy, I think you're crazy. I think they're absolutely necessary for all the reasons you no, just no. listed. I, Essentially, I you're, you're talking dude. about... They're a small portion of, of food for some species. Some, you, some you aviation species, their some effect. aquatic species. I, know I Tom, promise you. Tom, Tom is like, hinting on the population control. <laughs> and he doesn't dude, want to say I'm, it. <clears throat> I'm just saying, if bees... Yeah, obviously, yeah, we need to get rid of human beings. I understand that, but fucking... No, that's, that's not what I'm saying at all. No, Tom, I'm saying Tom, they suck. They suck, mis- but you need mosquitoes. It's part of like purpose? the... They're part of like the the ecosystem and the food chain. They just but there's are. other insects that you can that these animals can eat in replacement. Like I've done research. This is how much I hate these fucking animals. Yeah, these, but when you insects, when you sorry. when you change, it's the butterfly effect. One little change can have a big ripple over time. See here, this is why I'm going to say you're wrong because there's plenty of animals that have gone instinct. Instinct. <laughs> uh, it, all right, just end it there while you're on top. <laughs> Answer me this. If we change become... if we change this discussion to bees, do you believe in saving the bees, or do you believe yeah, we should eradicate absolutely, the bees? Absolutely, because they actually serve. Stupid. They, they stupid. S- they dude, do the same. No. Mosquitoes do the same no, thing. They do not, no, they, they do not. Po- they don't not, pollinate Thomas. flowers and. Exactly. Thank I would, you. I would. I guarantee you they do. Go do your. Go do no, some more research I do, I on did, whatever. Dude. I read that their larvae 
and they're them as adults serve as a source of food. But I that guarantee is you, they it, also dude. pollinate plants. No, what, dude, what? That is a scientific fact. There does no. That's false. Don't listen to that, people. All right. Yeah, don't we'll, listen. Don't we'll listen to the scientist. <laughs> we'll move on now that we're uh, we're warmed up here, and uh, talk a little bit about something that came across my desk. Elon Musk news, something that we always love to talk about. We uh, sadly don't have the fourth idiot here to uh, defend uh, the love of his life. But um, Elon Musk, if you remember, back in 2018, <clears throat> excuse me, got a tickle in my throat, uh, called a British diver attempting to save the boys that were stuck in a cave in Thailand um, uh, a pedo guy. Um, now this diver has come back and filed a lawsuit. Uh, for defamation, 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 and yeah, sorry, and uh, the case is being uh, is starting on December second, and Musk has apologized and said his argument is he didn't insinuate that the gentleman was a pedophile. It's just slang term that they use uh, in his hometown for old creepy guys, which. In my eyes, insinuates pedophile. <laughs> but I, this is a purely a case where I think Elon Musk thought he was being funny granted like elon musk if you watch the joe rogan interview or if you watch any interview with elon musk he's got negative sense of humor or personality for that matter so i think this was him trying to make trying to make a joke and trying to be funny and and now and now we live in this this world where people love to dig up shit from the past uh and this is him just trying to back his way out of the hole so but you know to a bunch of people's arguments He's smarter than that. Like he, this was in retaliation to the diver having said, like, we don't essentially need Elon Musk. He's doing this as a publicity stunt, and he's a sham essentially. And so he came back and was like, "Yo, you're a pedo, <clears throat> and you're going to try to save these kids." All around bad look. Obviously, I agree with you that people dissecting it in this PC society is outrageous. But honestly, Elon should just write a fucking check and be done with yeah, this. Yeah, like. Like get out of my face! Uh, it's just so, like I will, I will say he's been like out of the news a little bit recently, and I haven't hated it. Maybe I just haven't been keeping up with like the ongoings of colonizing Mars, but I haven't really heard his name thrown around as much. But honestly, like this is 2018, and we are now going into December to start this lawsuit. Like, just it's done, dude. You like yeah. I don't care what you were trying to insinuate or you didn't try to insinuate. You called him a pedo. And no matter where you're from, you know, whether that's an old creepy guy back where you're from, in the eyes of the world, you call him a pedophile. Why, why wouldn't some, I mean, I guess they just don't care, but like, it's not very hard for some South African that's from the same area that Elon's from to just be like, yeah, like, I've never heard anyone ever refer to a creepy old guy as a pedo guy. No, yeah, I, I think, thought that I was think pretty it, universal. I think, yeah. I think that's genuine. Like, I think that's probably a term, but I think that's a term that insinuates pedophile. <laughs> like, you should you should Google pedo guy and let me know what comes up. I'm good on that. I'll let you do that research. <laughs> but uh, on the on the whole pedophile note, um, today, I believe his name was Felipe Vasquez. Uh, pitcher for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates was arrested for soliciting sex acts with a 15-year-old girl. Oh, man, that guy's going to be fucking donezo in prison. That guy is a real pedophile, and he is fucked. Yeah, done. Burn him at the stake. Yeah, put him in gen pop. Um, all right, let's move on here. Uh, as I had mentioned, I'm riding the fun employment train, so I've been seeking roles, and I stumbled across something interesting. For any of you who are on the West Coast also seeking employment, the Los Angeles-based uh, brewing company, Golden Road Brewing, has posted a job with a listing as chief beer officer or CBO. Like and, they're, and they're seeking someone who likes to get paid for drinking beer and watching football. Now, I don't necessarily uh, think that this entails drinking beer. What they has stated is you will be going and promoting their beer at all 16 games uh, that the Rams play. I did the math. I think it's about $2,400. So definitely not paying the rent. But probably a cool gig to look into just as a side job. And I, mean, a I feel and a like I do that like pro bono anyways every Sunday. Yeah, I mean, like if they they pay for the ticket, 
you go, you promote the brand, and you watch free football. That ain't bad. That's not bad. I can. Uh, bad. I think I can. I can one up you though. I, saw, I came across this today that uh, I put Anheuser Busch, but it's actually Budweiser Canada put out a job opportunity on LinkedIn and ZipRecruiter and things like that, where it is listed. It goes have a passion for hockey, but no time to watch with friends. We're looking for someone to fill our new, newly created role of chief hockey officer. Um, <laughs> and essentially what it is, is you get paid $50,000 annually. It's based in Toronto, Canada. It's a full-time job where what you do is watch hockey and get paid. And I would assume drink Budweiser beer. So Gardner, if you're looking to relocate or if someone else is looking to get a... That's the caveat, right? You got to move with the, move up with the Canucks. Be the new six god. Yeah. <laughs> Taking over. That's interesting, though. It's cool that these businesses are doing that. I mean, this is brilliant. I mean, that, that's got to come. And it, like, they were like, oh, you need to tell us why you'd be a good role, uh, fit for the role, which is like any job. But what makes someone qual- – like what – what makes someone better at just watching hockey than the next person? Oh, dude. Are you kidding me? I would crush that interview. I would sell how I could watch the fuck out of some hockey. <laughs> yeah. So what is what is like the the actual importance of this job or the benefit from the company? For both it's probably, a, it's probably like a content creation thing. Like, wow, that drunk I mean, guy over there is it's, it's, puking no, Anheuser-Busch all over dr- himself. You're not drinking. I think he you're loves promoting, hockey. You're promoting boots. You're not actually drinking. Like, you're basically going to these free events. Oh, so it's just like a rep. Yeah. I mean, you're you're essentially, yeah, you're a rep. All right. Um, Maybe. But Maybe it's not bad to watch some free sports. If you live in either of those cities and you listen to this cast, I would recommend you do so immediately. Uh, it's on Sundays, probably most times. So you're already winning. Yeah. And and you got to be sober, so you're not hungover for the work the next day. It's a win-win. All right. Um, let's go ahead and kick it off. Oh, actually, we've got some other stuff before we go in the NFL, but it's NFL news. So uh, as you guys probably have already seen and we've mentioned, OBJ is continuously on a grind here. Uh, you know, flexing this time, wearing a two million dollar. Uh, Richard Milley watch um, <clears throat> has basically proven to us that he is self-conscious yet narcissistic all at the same time um, screaming at a fan from a video that surfaced I'm still the fucking king boy or something along those lines um, and now a London based uh, watch company has come forward to say that it was a fake watch um, which kind of just all plays into like him as a character in general, and I don't even care if the watch is fake, but it's just great that people were lipping off to him, and he, he's saying that he's still the king, and you know he's got something to prove in MetLife, which he does. But... I just, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll, two things. One, I, I just don't understand why he has such a hard time getting out of his own way. Like he brings on so much drama to him, and then his response every single time is i'm just being picked on like if it was someone else there wouldn't be a problem blah 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 um yeah not everyone's wearing a two million dollar watch on the fucking yeah but it's also like you're not there's a rule that you're not supposed to wear hard hard objects while playing not to mention that he wore it during pre pre warm-ups but then he took it off for the game kind of showing that he is going to play into the nfl's rule book which yeah so it's all bark no bite yeah all bark no bite jesus I mean, the, the whole um, bite, the bite was there. I mean, the one thing I will say about Odell is that he went off. He went off like yeah, a guy no, that I wears agree. $2 million I, watches. I wrote that, and unfortunately, he went off, you know, and, and we'll talk about that, but you're right. I'm, I, I'm not a big Odell guy, but I mean, just you knew it was going to happen going back to MetLife, something to prove, chip on his shoulder, um, all the criticism from last week. It was nice to see classic Odell Beckham again as a football fan great to see it yeah I mean I can't disagree with that you know the fact that he actually got into the end zone uh showed a little flair and wasn't just you know talking a whole bunch of hype and a whole bunch of shit and not showing up for it um Harry you got any last thoughts before we move on from OBJ no I mean he's the reason why I lost my fantasy matchup and and one of my leagues so 
uh, I, he still sucks in my book. I mean, he put on a show, man, and that's a that's the the best and worst part about Odell. It was like watching the game. I'm, I'm playing my brother in fantasy, and I was like, you know, he's having a kind of a slow game, but all it takes is one is one catch, and that dude can just break it open. And of course, yeah. third quarter, what did he put up in 89 yard catch yeah. and run on a slant route, and then that was longest of his career. Longest of his career, yeah. And and what a place to do it in. Um, and that one-handed catch that he had, I threw it up on our Instagram story um, for those of you you know that follow us. Um, but that that patch of grass right there is his uh, his claim to fame. That kind of section yeah. of the field is where he chucked up that one-handed. Uh, catch, you know, the famous one-handed catch several years ago and a couple years ago, I shouldn't say several. And, um, you know, this year, fast forward, and he throws up that one-handed kind of right there in the same spot. Yeah. Not as be- not as beautiful, but. No, no, not. I mean, it was still a sick catch, but I will say he's going to he's gonna absolutely go off this year. Um, they had that first hiccup of a game against Tennessee. Bit of a wake-up call for, for that entire team. I think I think Odell is going to absolutely crush it this year. Like we're talking, you know, leading the league in receiving yards, is is what my is what my claim is. Well, we'll we'll throw it up on an Instagram story and take a poll to see um, over or under on that and see what uh what these folks think. But before we move into the actual NFL segment, I pulled a, uh, pulled some NFL trivia here aside for you guys. Try to keep it up to par with last week. You know. Uh, not a softball, but, you know, kind of right in that ballpark. So to kick off our first question, which NFL team features a helmet logo only on one side? Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It is not. Um, uh, this is tough. Oh, boy. All right, what is it? It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. 19, really? 1962, they were unsure of how the new logo was going to look uh, on their then solid gold helmets. So they decided to go with just one-sided logo to see how it went. Uh, they went 9-5 that season, got a bunch of attention, so they ended up sticking with it even after they transitioned to all-black helmets. Well, considering none of us were born for at least 30 years after that, um, not surprised we couldn't get that one. <laughs> <laughs> do they still do it today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they still do it today. I was... <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's I thought still you meant like that one today. year in nineteen. No, no, no. Sorry, I meant like they still feature it. Like it was, it was a decision that they There's... made back in the day, and that they still feature to this yeah, day. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're still unsure how the how the logo looks. Yeah, they're All still right. yeah. <laughs> what else low, you got? So, for low self esteem. All right, what is the oldest franchise in continuous operation with the same name and location? Green Bay Packers. Bingo. Yeah. Green Bay nice Packers guess, were founded in 1919 and joined the NFL in 1921. So, Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, they, Old as they've dumb. been around the block. Pretty cool, though, that they've stuck around the same city and, and yeah. exact uh, location. No, good on them. I mean, I feel like the Packers fans have always been the most loyal, and it probably speaks to the fact that they've been around as long as our fucking ancestors. So... Um, let's move on here to the actual NFL segment for tonight. Like we said, week two, uh, it has come and gone. We're here to summarize that for you fine folks, uh, with a little bit of flair as chaos and misery set in for Miami Dolphins and all their fans. Patriots fans, on the other hand, are rejoice as they continue onwards in their journey to a potential undefeated season. Let's hope not. Uh, drama has occurred in both Pittsburgh and New York. Uh, as the last time fans have seen Eli and Big Ben not uh, or as non-starters was 15 years ago. Um, so much, much more has occurred, and we'll go ahead and get into it. So let's go ahead and kick off uh, with week two recap, takeaways, hot takes, well, um, et cetera, before we get into discussions. I'll, I'll say this. You know, you talk about drama in Pittsburgh and New York, but really it's, it's drama, you know, league-wide between – New Orleans, Jacksonville yeah. having having Jalen Ramsey and Doug Marone getting a, a screaming match on the sideline, and and Miami being the dumpster fire that it is, and, and quite frankly has always been. Um, 
it's interesting. After two weeks, it seems like automatically about like six, seven, eight teams are already just fighting for the first pick. You know, just completely like just cancel the season. Uh, you know, I don't know. If, I can't remember the last time I've seen so many starting quarterbacks, especially tenured quarterbacks, go down with with legitimate injuries that are going to sideline them sideline them for you know a whole season, if not six to eight weeks, something like that. Uh, minus Tom Brady. Minus Tom Brady, who I'm, I'm increasingly thinking is possibly a robot. Uh, still unsure about he that. Sucks the youth from his children. Yes, he he's siphoning the youth. Yeah, man, it's <laughs> you know the NFL. It's this year I, more than others. I thought that there would be like a little bit of a changing the guard, some some new teams kind of coming into the fold in terms of being like contenders for for the AFC and the NFC and ultimately the Super Bowl, but. At the end of the day, it's the same old New England Patriots just kind of uh, imposing their will on, on every... <laughs> just kind of throttling everyone yeah, on, in their dude, path. they haven't let up a touchdown in 12 quarters. Yeah, it's, dating it's back to the Super Bowl. actually yeah. pretty depressing. But, and um, if, if you want to talk about touchdowns, they haven't let up a touchdown since like week 14 or something of last year against Pittsburgh. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's uh, that ain't bad. That ain't bad. It ain't right. It ain't right, but it ain't wrong. Um, all right, well, we've got some topic discussions, which will obviously transition into a bunch of what we're chatting about now. But uh, first things first, as mentioned, the New York Giants have gone ahead and dis- uh, have decided to uh, bench Eli and start um, rookie quarterback Daniel Jones. Um, so kind of uh, mixed emotions about this here on our end. We'd love to hear from you guys and how you feel. We posted about it earlier. Um, You know, in Harrison's words, management is a fucking mess, uh, an absolute travesty. Um, But I think, you know, we've had a really, really rocky uh, two years, and I think it's just maybe time to try something new. I I am, you know, a huge Eli guy, but, you know, something's not working. Um, And if Daniel Jones sucks, then bench him. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. Well, see, I, I don't think you can bench him if you if you're like, all right, you're the guy. I don't think you can bench him for the rest of the year. I think you're rolling with him now. I think, dude, at this I, at this rate, I think so too. And, and Eli Manning was is the most obvious scapegoat in the situation. Um, if if anything's been the 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 consistent factor of of the New York Giants, it's been Eli Manning, and you know it, it just just so happens that. When I look at the team, really, over the first two weeks, I don't see him as, like, the overwhelming problem. I see a defense that is atrocious, that cannot cover anybody. Uh, you know, let's, let's quarterbacks literally, bit, literally just, just, you know, pick them apart on the secondary, uh, not getting any pressure on the quarterback through the first two Office weeks. Office isn't great. We don't have a, a single wide receiver that I've ever heard of. We've got Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler Jr. as our top wide receivers, while Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate are sidelined. Um, so it, it, is Shepard injured? Yeah, he uh, he like messed up his thumb. Um, but and so what that does is allow it, it allows teams to just stack the box against Saquon Barkley, and while Barkley's still having success because he's a an absolute freak of nature, it still doesn't it just doesn't negate the fact that that the Giants have over like just problems across the board and for them to be like, Oh, Eli's Eli's the problem. Like, yeah, very well that Daniel Jones might be able to get a little bit more juice out of this offense, but it doesn't change the fact that the New York Giants are still going to go like three and 13. See, I'm, I'm all, I'm all on board with Daniel Jones. Um, I, I think that's a valid point though. Like I think, but to Tom's point, like I think, you know, you try it out, and if he shits the bed, then we fucking learn. And, and yeah, it sucks because you waste a year with Eli, and, you know, he doesn't have all that much time left, but. I mean, the alternative is not, wor- like, Daniel Jones cannot, they have deducted that Daniel Jones cannot be worse than Eli Manning. And I know it was preseason, but the guy looked good. He balled out in preseason. There's no denying that. And Eli is throwing for about 250 yards a game. Uh, he has, I think, two touchdowns and three interceptions, or three turnovers, two picks and a fumble. 
Um, so they've given him a chance. And yeah, but there's no denying that preseason ball is a much different game than regular season ball. Yeah, no, I, I'm I, I'm not disagreeing with that either. But I don't think, like, I, I think Daniel Jones is better than Eli. Well, I think Daniel Jones was better last year than Eli while he was at Duke. Well, he, and, and I think that's why they drafted. Yeah, him and for this and week. trust me, I'm I'm just as curious to see how this all plays out, and and, and from a perspective of like generating revenue, generating people coming to games. Daniel Jones probably is going to give people more reason to tune into the Giants game on Sunday or go to the stadium and watch the Giants game on Sunday. But I'll tell you one thing. The clock has just started for Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer. If this doesn't work out, like it might not be like a, this. Like if this year, this year is kind of a wash as is. If you look at their schedule, it's not easy. They have to go play the Vikings. They got to play uh, Dallas again. They got to play Philly twice. They got to play Washington Redskins, who aren't that good, but will probably still beat the Giants. If we're being on- <laughs> they'll be in it. If we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, they put up twenty three points against the against Dallas, which is true. But the last so, but like, the last touchdown they scored was like Dallas pretty much mailing in that game because they're already up thirty five to fourteen. Yeah. Um, but the the clock is is ticking for for Dave Gettleman. The the amount of moves he's made, shipping off Odell, getting rid of Landon Collins, getting rid of Olivier Vernon. Uh, drafting Daniel Jones with the pick that they had, you know, a lot of very, very bold moves have been made on his part. So the clock is starting to tick for him to really start producing some results and having some of these moves actually start to pan out Um, because it's almost, it's similar to like, you know, the Raiders at this point, like there's so many big moves. You're like, okay, what's really the end result here? Like what's like, you know, it, it just, it's so hard to really tell how this is all going to play out. But if it does not, I'll give them this year will be a wash. But if next year there's not much improvement, uh, there's going to be another management change in New York. Other issues that have occurred uh, for our next topic here, Pittsburgh. Um, For those of you who don't know, come out from under that rock. Big Ben is out for the season. Uh, Season uh, ending injury. uh, Surgery is needed, I believe, on his elbow. His reply I can only trust God's plan. Um, I'm assuming God's plan is for you to retire, my man. But want to turn it over to you guys and hear what your thoughts are on what this means for, in my opinion, what we've seen, you know, a dwindling uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team. You know, with, with Antonio Brown out, Le'Veon out, uh, and now Big Ben down, which was kind of the trifecta. What does this mean for Tomlin and the whole crew? Well, I think you just said it. The killer bees are now done. Um, and if you're Big Ben, like, do you, do you really want to bust your ass in rehab for a year to maybe get back to 85 or 90 percent by the start of next year's camp? 75 percent, man. Just just to get throttled by the Chiefs or the Patriots. He just looks old at this point. Like, I don't see why he has any reason to come back. Um, and the the Pittsburgh. Like history has always been a span of like, uh, you know, they they have greatness for X amount of years and then they're really bad. And while we've witnessed greatness, we've witnessed Super Bowls, we've witnessed, you know, Big Ben, Hall of Famer. It's all coming to an end now, you know, people to fought, like Grimes said, father times never that, lost. To that point, like with, you know, the notes that you have here with both Big Ben out for the season and AB gone. They're held responsible for forty-seven million, uh, which is you know not a small penny when you're talking about cap space and and yeah. Trying I mean, to rebuild they really can't do anything this year either. That's that's the other like you know back end job there that they kind of stuck themselves in this corner where now they're responsible for like you said fifty mil, and that means that they can't go out and make moves. They they're kind of hoping. I would assume that Big Ben retires, so they don't have to pick up the remainder of his contract. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just another team added to the tanking list. It sucks, but you know, injuries happen. And if you're betting on Mason Rudolph, good for you. Uh, but I am not. But to Harrison's point, what makes me upset about it is like the <laughs> the season to me is already washed. Well, not oh. a wash. There's obviously some, you know, I, I'm still very much so impressed, uh, you know, with Kansas City, and, and I still think they can obviously be a serious contender like they were last year. But, 
you know, with with the teams that the Patriots are are facing this year with their schedule, they're going to continue to steamroll through these teams. Um, and all of these other teams that are just in disarray seem to be giving up, and it's just very uneven. It's lopsided, and while it is interesting to see all these players break all these fucking records, you know, you've got teams that are winning, you know, fifty-nine to zero, and that's not fun football to watch, in my opinion. It, yeah, it is. It is depends weird. on what side of the ball you're on. It, exactly, I, it's I true. And, and when the Patriots go eighteen and zero. Eli Manning won't be there to... to <laughs> Daniel Jones is going to be there to stop. No, Eli Manning won't be there to knock him off their horse. Oh, yeah. man. Well, uh, and also, in terms of fucking tanking, thank you, Big Ben. Um, I don't know what God's plan is for you, but my fucking plan was for you to lead my fantasy team to a championship. <laughs> so now uh, I'm SLL. By the way, is that like a small dig at like Antonio Brown? Like, since when is... I've never heard Ben Roethlisberger... Like reference God's plan, and that's something that's something that, something that like he, uh, is that something AB always does. And when AB went, went to New England, he's he, that was a part of his Instagram post was hashtag God's plan. Yeah, everyone who's gotten in trouble with the law has a God's plan. It's weird they just immediately find Jesus. Yeah. Um, well, somebody who needs to find Jesus is my boy, uh, who is part of our next topic here, Sam Darnold, who's out there licking. Um, subway poles because at 27 years old my mans has found himself with mono uh and out for some time uh leaving the jets with some serious quarterback issues after second string quarterback um trevor simeon 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 uh Seaman. went out left with uh, a serious ankle injury um i'm not sure if it was determined whether surgery will be needed but I imagine he's done. He was out walking with a boot, so he's probably fucked. Um, so they, they were left to third-string quarterback Luke Falk. Um, guy was signed off the practice squad earlier that day. He finished, as we uh, were chatting earlier, 20 of 25 with 198 yards. Um, so, you know, like Tom said, no points put on the board, but for a kid that was thrown in there and had no idea he was going to be there, an eighty percent, you know, uh, yeah. completion uh, rate is not bad. Yeah, I think the Jets have gotten the injury bug worse than any team in the NFL to start this season. I mean, starting quarterback, backup quarterback, Quinnen Williams, C.J. Mosley, Avery Richardson. Uh, when that kind of stuff happens, when that kind of stuff happens, well, there's nothing you can do but just kind of put your arms up and being like. Well, we're the fucking New York Jets, so this this kind of comes with the territory. And see, my my yeah, question man. is, what it's got to be something in New York because Sam Darnold has this, who where he's got to be the oldest person in history ever to contract mono, <laughs> and then at the same time, you have Noah Syndergaard of the New York Mets contracting foot and mouth disease this season. I just it's, it's, it's something point, in that gross it's New 8. York 8. sewer water. Five million people. In five boroughs, like you're, you know, I mean, like if the plague breaks each out, other? all those guys, yeah, everyone's it's dead. true. Makes me feel real comfortable sitting in, uh, in a New York apartment while we're talking about this. But yeah, um, no, you're good. No, there, there's some truth to it. I so what I was thinking about, I was like, how how does a 24 year old, 23 year old quarterback contract mono? Um, and maybe he's starting to idolize Tom Brady, and, and so he's, you know, maybe he's got like a young cousin and he thought he'd be cool to like kiss him on the mouth like tom and turns out the kid's got mono and now sam darnold's oh, goodness, out goodness. four to six weeks and that's just what happens when you try to idolize tom brady you get mono <laughs> i don't know i don't know about that one but uh yeah i mean i hope sam darnold comes back because i had high expectations for him uh and i think the jets can be a very you know competitive team with him and even with Simeon, I had high hopes. And then watching that gross ankle injury, uh, which <laughs> Monday Night Football did a terrible like replay angle of it, and it just showed that fucking ankle like caving in under the weight of Miles Garrett. Just disgusting. Feel bad yeah, for that guy. Yeah, he. That's like broken ankle, torn ligaments. Like that's like your shit just goes limp. That's the whole. Yeah, hate. you could see when he rolled around, the ankle kind of like flailed like late. Because yeah. it just didn't have yeah. any 
you know, connection anymore. Anyways, Jets are done. Giants are done. Beautiful, be- beautiful done. world we live in. You guys want to add one more team to that list? Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead and throw it in here. Talking about flailing. Miami Dolphins. Like a fish out of water. Fish out of water with 102 points scored against them in only two games. Uh, if the trade request rumors before uh, were not true, they most squirtingly are now because this team is fucking atrocious. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really shitty where Andy Reid came out and said, you know, or uh, it was either Andy Reid or Bruce Arians, I think. But I, I get them mixed up, you know, two fat, bald, white guys. But at the same time, he's like, you know, uh, this has never happened in one of my locker rooms. Like, teams galvanized behind controversy, and, and now players are tending to run from it. And I kind of agree with him on one hand, just because, you know, it, it, it is a team sport, and it's not all about you. But at the same time, you get paid more for winning. You get you, you maximize your earnings by winning. And inking a deal with a team you know is not trying to win and is in fact trying to lose, it, it takes that, you know, the competitive edge that true professional football players bring to the field every day. No, I, I agree. That's And that's why I had mentioned the lopsidedness. Like I don't, I think, like you said, if you're on the other side of the ball, it's fantastic if you're putting up 59 points. But the fact of the matter is, it's just not fun football to watch. All right, so I I have a a question for you two on this. So Minka Fitzpatrick was traded to Pittsburgh after requesting an out from Miami, which is fucking terrible considering all of the issues we just listed with Pittsburgh. Um, However, Demarius Thomas... Signed with New England, was cut by New England, re-signed with New England, just to be traded to the Jets. So given the two quarterback issues right now, would you rather be Minka Fitzpatrick playing in Pittsburgh or Demarius Thomas playing for the Jets? I'd rather be Minka Fitzpatrick Uh, because that Pittsburgh Steelers defense actually does have a lot of potential. A ton of young guys. TJ Watt, everywhere. Shimon Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick. It's it's eight first round picks. They're just all young. They're guys. all super young. That's you're talking about. You'd rather play on the Steelers right you'd now. Be, you'd rather be Minka. Yeah, saying. yeah, hundred percent. Well, also let's talk about. I mean, Demarius Thomas coming off an Achilles injury. The guy's thirty one years old. He's going to a losing franchise. Historically losing well, franchise. That's, that's the bite. He's leaving the Patriots, who are like. Three to one favorites, to and win you the know Super that Bowl. if the Patriots are getting rid of you and sending you to a division opponent, they mean that that means that they are not scared of you in the slightest. <laughs> so that's just like, uh, I guess. Who do you feel worse? That's for like getting Demary that's just like Thomas. getting that's like getting Terrible. spit on by someone who's chewing with their mouth full. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I <laughs> that, look. I think that oddly makes a lot of sense. If it were a, a different team with a different name on their jerseys, with some of the talent that the Jets have, I would have said Demarius. Uh, but because of how continuously plagued the Jets are and because they're just exciting till September, um, there's no reason for anybody to go to the Jets unless you want your career to die and get plagued with some hoof-and-mouth disease or mono or some kind of streptococcus bullshit. Um, well, let's go ahead and uh, end this segment of topics and put some money in these people's pockets on that note we do want to say that we will probably be uh from here on out moving to post our college football um picks uh the day before the games as opposed to giving you them here on a monday when you know lines change and it's just not worth it we're here to give you guys money not lose you money so we're going to stick to the nfl where we know we're going to Put money in your pockets where we know we're fucking good. Um, and it's different. We crush it. Kind of like Shakes crushes dudes. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and, and kick it off here. Tom, I'll let you start us off here with your first pick. Yeah, that was a mouthful to say uh, college football crushed me last weekend. I think I went one and four. Um, but, you know, like it, it's just too much. But I did go 4-0 and on NFL Sunday. And I think I got a few more bets that are going to hit this week. 
principal bet number one, if you've been watching Thursday Night Football at all, um, you would know that it's just a horrible product. And because of that, I will be taking the under 39 points in the Titans-Jaguars this Thursday night. Uh, it opened, I think, at like 41 and a half and has been consistently falling. So I'm going to lock it up at 39. Just I don't trust the Titans on the road. Um, I think the Jaguars' defense at home will step up behind all this Jalen Ramsey shit. Uh, and, and like I said, Thursday night, short week, take the under. On a side note, just to kind of tune the fans in, what, what are your – well, actually educate me. What's what's the deal with Jalen? Like why I like I understand Jacksonville is not where anybody wants to be, and Baller said it best: it's where careers go to die. But but you, you know he got paid, and uh, I don't know. He's, he's I just hear from you just like so many players in the uh, in professional sports now. He's just a brat that if he's if he's not getting things his way. Then he'll make a fuss about it until until he wants to be paid multi millions, also win Super Bowl rings, and be in the city that he wants. It's like not going to happen. Well, I think he just wants to win, which is a, a fair point. Uh, but like, dude, you were an AFC contender two years ago. Like, you still got a pretty good team. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, but I, I like I like that principal bet. I I don't I don't quite know what he's up to. I think. Given all the Antonio Brown news, he just needs to like outdo him, blow up his spot a little bit, draw some attention to himself. Like Grimes said, just a little brat. For the record, I, I mean, this guy showed up in a little brat. For the record, I blame LeBron James for all of this. Just saying, putting <laughs> it out there. All of it. I'm blaming LeBron. Um, for my first pick, uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati versus Bills over 44. This probably isn't like a super popular pick. But having watched the Bills last weekend versus the Giants, uh, I really do like what I'm seeing out of Josh uh, Josh Allen. Um, he looks good. He, he looks accurate, consistent. Um, you know his ability to, to run the ball. Uh, I think I think the Bills will be able to put up you know points in the in the upper twenties. Um, and, and as for Cincinnati, I, I just I think they'll be able to move the ball more successfully than like the Giants did. I, I like to see Joe Mixon get. Uh, his feet underneath them and actually start, you know, being the Joe Mixon that we're, we're accustomed to seeing. Um, so I think I think sure. over forty four is a uh, is a is a good bet here. Uh, I'd be. I like Allen's. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say I wouldn't be surprised if the if the public was on the under, and I kind of hope they are, but I, I really do like the over here. I do like your comment on Allen. Um, I've liked his confidence, and I sent you guys that video of him where one of the reporters was saying, you know, like if you were New York's quarterback, and he just kind of shot back. He's like, I am New York's quarterback. Um, yeah. Well, so now that, now I, more I like than that. ever, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Yeah, seriously. So I am New York's healthy quarterback. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off on that, though. No Tom? Uh, I do like that game. Uh, I do like the over. It kind of aligns with my thinking here. Uh, and I'm taking the Bengals plus six. I think we are going to see uh, Sensi put up some points. They've looked pretty decent. Um, I don't know about the over. I, I would probably lean towards the over. Uh, but I, I've i watched both of the Bills games this year. And the Bills are kind of just hanging around. Josh Allen has been impressive, but he's also turned the ball over. Um, and, you know, given Andy Dalton, if he still has anything left in the tank, um, I think they'll keep this one close. I think they keep it within six. Uh, I think people are kind of overreacting to the Bills' defense thus far. So I'll lean. You're over 44, but I will be playing the Bengals plus six. Cool. Um, so it was noted, uh, you know, I, I don't know if we actually touched on the the two major spread points uh, from from this weekend, um, with New England being twenty two and a half point favorites over the Jets and Dallas being twenty one and a half point favorites over Miami, uh, and, and you know with that comes you know teams that are twenty one point plus favorites are only eleven and twenty two against the spread. However, I really you know as much as I hate the Dallas Cowboys. There's no denying that they are a very, very talented team with weapons all over the place and a defense that is very stout. Um, I like Dallas. This game is in Miami, but I like Dallas to cover the 21.5 points. 
Um, I think they're going to impose their will. They really want to show the NFL that they are a very, very legitimate team, especially seeing what New England did to Miami last week. I think I think it kind of gives Dallas some added incentive to also blow them out, out of the water. Um, and so I, I like uh, Dallas minus 21 and a half. Dude, I got to say, Tom and I had uh... – Thank you, Tom. Uh, the pleasure of going this Sunday to the Dallas Skins matchup. And to your point, um, I think Dallas is dangerous. Oh, super and, dangerous. Um, I know like, that's self-explanatory all in itself, but watching this team, granted it was against the Skins, um, they, they've just got threats all over. They can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Uh, Dak has proven that he's worth, you know, the contract oh, yeah. that he wants and um and to be completely honest it was a a travesty and a disappointment to see how many dallas fans were in fedex field i thought i was oh, in fucking blew my mind dude jerry jones's fucking you know playhouse <laughs> and uh and they were like they were being outshone both on the field and off the field and it was embarrassing like Dallas fans were were saying goodbye to Redskins fans as they were leaving the game early, <laughs> and, like and, the and said, "We'll see you in Dallas." Like it was just the epitome of disrespect. I loved it on all fronts. I was wearing my eighteen and one Giants shirt. Nice. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, but but to Harry's point, I like that pick. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas puts up a hundred fucking points on these uh, Miami Dolphins. And, uh, yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, the one thing that will I, – I don't like the hook on that, 21.5, just because of, I don't know, the whole dealing Minka Fitzpatrick. Maybe he was the problem child. Who Dude, knows? Minka Fitzpatrick, I, know. I saw some stats on him. He was like a, a top five cover corner in the NFL last year as a rookie. And when he played in the slot – he was the number one cover corner in the league. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt him, but it's, uh, I don't but know. But now all they have is it's a locker room thing. It, it's very well, well a locker room thing. Brian Flores is doing something there. He's trying to like bring his, you know, New England Patriot mentality to Miami and seeing if it works. It never does, as we've seen. Um, but I do agree that the hook on the, with the point five is a little sketchy. But in my fucked up yeah, mind. Yeah. That's just Vegas trying to bait you into thinking that Dallas is only going to cover by twenty-one. And I'm I'm kind of leaning the same way with the Patriots. I mean, you saw what the Browns did to the Jets last week, and I I know uh, Falk came in and, and played decent, but the Patriots' defense is the most dangerous part of this team. And I know we've played two chump teams in Miami and the Steelers, but there are playmakers at all 11 positions on the field. And oh. I, 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 this this team has reminiscence of, of 2007, or has been reminiscent of 2007, I should say. And Brady is on this mission to just run the score up. Somebody, it was in the press conference after the game, asked him, you know, it was 37 to nothing. Why are you still in the game? Like, aren't you worried about getting hurt? And his answer was, I don't play scared football. I play hard for 60 minutes, which leads me to believe that the New England Patriots are going to cover 22.5 points this week. All right, so to to play devil's advocate, I appreciate the heart and the soul, and that's obviously why he's hunting for, you know, seven Super Bowl rings. But at the same time, it's also fucking selfish. Like, he isn't a young guy. Like, if he gets clean-clocked, there is serious potential that he could get hurt. Granted, he's a fucking robot. And he'll probably shake it off, and his you know broken leg will just go back into alignment. You know he'll suck some souls of some children, but like Tom ain't to, scared, dude. He's seen to, it all. But to he's a serious point, man, like it's a dangerous move both on Bill and Brady's part. Like if he goes down for the season, not that it's over, but like that's well, that's that's part of the thing about Tom Brady and like his durability is the guy doesn't get hit very much because of how quickly he gets the ball out of his hands. There's not a single defensive no, end in the league that can get. But it, can, it can happen. There's not a defensive end in the league that can get to a quarterback in under two and a half seconds, because that's how fast the ball gets out of Brady's hands into one of his super dangerous receivers. Yeah, pick your poison. 
Well, for uh, the sake of banner and also uh, good hot takes and chatter, um, why don't you guys discuss your uh, differences on this Green Bay-Denver matchup? Well, uh, do we have uh, It's not really a uh, difference. Uh, more, they're probably, they might even complement each other. I'm going to assume Tom's going to go with that Denver's not going to score a point the entire game because their offense is an absolute fucking joke. Um, but I'm going to take Green Bay minus eight, another sketchy line with a sketchy spread total. Um, I just have seen, I've now seen Denver play twice. Uh, nothing about that team scares me, should scare you, should scare anyone, especially going against an Aaron Rodgers, uh, who hasn't been like, you know, Superman by any means. Um, but it seems like that offense is starting to kind of figure out their groove, starting to click a little bit more, how they're going to work Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams into the offense um, because they both looked better uh, last week. Um, and so I just think I just think Denver won't be able to keep this one close. Um, you know, Vaughn Miller's really the only player that should scare anyone on that team. Philip Lindsay has not been able to do anything uh, so far this year. Um so I'm going to go Green Bay minus eight. Uh, I don't hate it either. Just, but like you said, strictly due to uh, me fading everything about the Denver offense, I will be taking the under 42 in this game. Um, while Denver did look okay last week, I just I don't know. I'm, there's something about Green Bay's defense, the way they came out week one against the Bears, um, got it done. Uh, maybe there is just an overreaction, but you heard Rodgers come out and say, like, hey, we have a defense, which I thought was pretty cool um, to hear him say that and kind of, you know, show that he believed in his team. And then they held a really good Vikings de- offense, excuse me, to 16 points this week, um, including uh, Dalvin Cook, who went off in week one. And, you know, Diggs and Thielen are a deadly combo of receivers. And so if they're holding the Vikings to 16 points, I, I don't see I, I don't see them giving up more than like six or 10 points to Denver. And while they could run it up on them, I think Denver's defense still has some some playmakers. So I think the safest bet here is the under. Um, I'm gonna jump into my last pick, <clears throat> my last pick if that's all right. Uh, sure. So, last pick. Uh, this game is in Kansas City. It's going to be Baltimore and Lamar Jackson uh, going against Kansas City and uh, MVP of the league, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Baltimore right now is at plus six and a half points. I would say just to be safe, buy it up to seven. Um, I think this is going to be like a shootout of a game, though. I mean, Baltimore's defense is very legit. Um and, and I think, you know, with that, and I, the real we- reason, I think they're going to be able to keep Patrick Mahomes in check. Uh, and then really, you know, the Kansas City defense, which as we know from last year, uh, is not that solid. They really rely on their offense to, to win games and to, and to do all that good stuff. But I think Lamar Jackson's going to have another hell of a day. Um, you know, I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll be able to, to pass the ball, the run pass option, all that good stuff. Um, so I like Baltimore to cover the six and a half here. You're bought in. You guys both bought in on the Jackson movement, or no? I'm selling hard this week. Hard this week. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and lock up against you, Harrison. I'm gonna take Kansas City plus six and a half. Minus six and a half. Um, or minus six and a half. Sorry, I was just rereading this. I'll take them uh, laying the touchdown. Uh, this is Pat Mahomes we're talking about here. Lamar Jackson has looked decent against two really shitty teams. Patrick Mahomes has gone toe-to-toe with the best quarterbacks in the league. And uh, I, I think he's going to put Lamar Jackson in place this week. The The play I'm looking at here, though, is the over. Uh, I saw it at 53.5, somewhere around 53.5 to 54. Um, I'm going to lock that in and just, you know, I, I think it's a 4 o'clock kickoff. So hopefully that will make national cable. It should be the game of the week by all accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the two quarterbacks going at it. I'm going to be taking the over, just looking for a Sunday afternoon shootout. And uh, I do not like Lamar Jackson this week. <laughs> Clearly. This week, I sh- this week, I should say. But in general, I mean, like, you know, to your point, 
he's, he's pretty good up, for a running up, back. He's put up impressive uh, numbers over the last two games, but he's also played dog shit for teams, um, teams which you've stated you could lace up for and put up points for. Tomorrow so, morning, I'll be there. So, um, you know, I I am hoping that he uh, he continues to kill it. But I, I love to watch the ego both of the city and kind of of the team in the sense that, like, they've played dog shit. I kind of think they're dog shit. And, and now it'll be interesting to see them face an actual opponent. Buddy, if you, um, if you don't think Lamar Jackson's going to rush for over 100 yards, like, I, don't know you didn't, I know you didn't specifically say that, both of you, but this dude's going to run all over this Kansas City defense. And when he doesn't, he's going to roll out. Everyone's going to flush right to Lamar Jackson. He finds Hollywood Brown over the middle of the field. Touchdown. For another 45-point fantasy game? Yeah. The, I fucking hope not. Like, mate, I'm like, sick of his fantasy It's very much in the realm of possibility. I mean, I think these two first games are huge for him in terms of building confidence and kind of getting over that whole stigma of, like, he's not accurate, he's not a quarterback, blah, 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 all that shit. Uh, I think those two first games were really good warm-up games, let the game kind of slow down. Um, figure out how you're going to use some of these new uh, these new playmakers on the offense between Mark Ingram and, and Marquise Brown, um, and and I think I think uh, yeah I think the I think Baltimore's going to be able to keep this one close. Forty-one twenty-eight Chiefs. Bullshit. Final. Nice. Uh, well, Tom, you want to wrap us up with your last pick here, New England um, the Jets? Oh uh, yeah, that? so I'm I'm taking the spread just because I think we're going to throttle them, but I'm also going to go ahead and take the under um, just because I don't see the Jets or whoever the fuck's at quarterback, doing anything more than they did last week. Uh, like I said, this Patriots defense is just a unit, uh, and I'm I'm seeing this game like, I don't know. Do they hold 30, the Jets at three points? 30, 31-10 at most. I, I don't doubt that you know the Pats might take this week off a little bit, and the Jets defense is a little more respectable than the Steelers uh, and the Dolphins, obviously, even considering their injuries. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just don't see the Jets putting up more than 10 points. So, you know, 31, 10, 28, 10, somewhere in there. Um, I think the under is a safe play here. All right. Well, we'll keep you chatting, um, here with our next segment as we close up the NFL and roll into just like a quick, if you have it, uh, 60 minute, you know, 60 second, not 60 minute, uh, rundown kind of what these people need to know about the MLB. Um, you know, as we're kind of deep here into this season. All right, quick breath here. 60 seconds on the clock. Ready, set, go. So the Astros and the Yankees are tied at 98 and 53 for the best, or the MLB best record, and they both lead their divisions. Uh, The AL Central is pretty much locked up with the Twins holding a five-game lead over the Indians. So the AL wildcard race is really what's important right now. Oakland and Tampa are currently in, while Cleveland sits a game and a half out. The Red Sox are nine games back and basically are just a ticking time bomb, which I hate to see. Um, So bearing an epic meltdown, it's really looking like it's Oakland um, and then either Tampa or Cleveland. If I had to bet, I would be taking Cleveland just because you don't bet against Terry Francona in September um, and Tampa just doesn't have the firepower. Uh, Moving on to the NL. The Dodgers are also the best in their division, and they lead the NL West by 20 games, which is absurd. Um, and the NL East has basically been a runaway for the Atlanta Braves since September, uh, where they've increased their lead by six games to a total of a 10-game lead over Washington. So the NL Central is really where you want to look into um, for uh, competitive baseball here, as the Cardinals are two games up on the Cubs and three games up on the Brewers. So everything is still very much up for grabs. It's going to be a rock fight these last few weeks in the NL Central. And I would expect uh, at least one or maybe both playoff teams uh, in the NL wildcard coming from the NL Central. Uh, Basically, it's between two of those three teams and the Nationals uh, for the wildcard spot. And the Nationals, as it pains me to say, have just been kind of plummeting over the last two weeks. Um, So... Basically, that's all you need to know, all you need to look out for. And uh, stay tuned as you know we near towards October. 
we'll have a, a bit more of an MLB playoff preview for you once things get ironed out. Very nice. Well done. Time. Um, yeah, time. Done. We'll check the uh, stats to see if that was actually 60 seconds. But um, let's close things out here tonight. Absolute blast chatting with you guys. Harrison, what do you got for us? I just wanted to, to touch on a, uh, a gentleman who I've been familiar with since I was 11 years old, and he was drafted by the New York football giants. I'm talking about Eli Manning. You know, you can say, you know, Eli Manning is probably one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in, in NFL history. You know, and you can say whatever you want about him, that he's just an average quarterback, that his stats are nothing to, to write home about. But... You know, at the end of the day, the guy led the Giants to two Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins, two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowl wins over Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, and two game-winning Super Bowl drives. There's only four quarterbacks in NFL history to own two Super Bowl MVPs. That's Tom Brady, Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, and Eli Manning. And three of the four are in the Hall of Fame. Brady isn't actually in the Hall of Fame yet, but that's a foregone conclusion. And one day, Eli Manning will join them with the gold jacket in Canton, Ohio. And so I just want to say that regardless of the stats, Eli Manning was a consummate professional, exemplified New York football giants and the New York media and, and all that comes with it better than Eli Manning. And uh, I'm not saying he's gone yet, but He's no longer the starter. You know, the writing is a bit on the wall at this point. But I just want to say I love Eli Manning. I'm very, very, very happy that he was our quarterback and not Phillip Rivers for a million different reasons. Um, and that's my buzzer, Peter. Holy shit, you wrote a letter to him. There's stickers. I wrote, yeah. <laughs> Signed, you know, sealed, you know and the, delivered. You know the always sunny bit where he goes out to give the uh, – he gives a letter to – the Phillies player, he's like, uh, what's his name? Howard. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh my god. He's like, you wrote a letter to him. He goes, it's a love letter because there's stickers. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, in a lot of ways, it is yes, a love letter. <laughs> um, all right, Thomas, what do you got for us here at the end? Uh, I got a little entertainment news for you. I got um, interested last night in a nice little show called Dancing with the Stars. Boom. And and so before you knock it, uh, Ray Lewis and Lamar Odom are among two of the contestants, and they are just watching six foot ten Lamar Odom try and ballroom dance or whatever the fuck he had to do last night was the most awkward thing I have possibly ever seen. And until he gets voted off, there's no doubt in my mind he'll be the first one voted off. Uh, it is much watched, must watch television. Go check out his replays. It's just, it's an entertainment show, but to me it was comedy. I might hit up YouTube instead, so I don't have to watch the. Honestly, rest of the I'm just not gonna watch it. I saw some, I saw some <laughs> weird highlight of Sean Spicer, in like a neon green top, and uh, Sean Spicer. Yeah, and and that's no. and that's more than I've ever. Yeah, he's also on the that's show. That's more than I I've didn't ever him. wanted Sweet to Jesus. or needed to see of Dancing with the Stars. And Ray Ray Lewis also started with his signature like pregame warm up dance, which I thought was pretty cool. And then he killed somebody. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck me and my buzzer beater. That's all I got. Well, ladies and gentlemen, don't thank Tom. Thank yourselves for joining us here tonight. Uh, if you're not already, make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. We'll make sure to keep you constantly informed and entertained. Uh, additionally, please make sure to click to subscribe both on iTunes and Spotify. We want to make sure to keep you up to date on our weekly released episodes. To close us out here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give you some music history. On this day in music history, Keith Moon um, of The Who rigged his bass drum to explode at the end of my generation. He wasn't aware uh, that stage crew had already rigged it, so it detonated early, leading to a... Uh, singeing Pete Townsend's hair and cutting open Keith Moon's leg. Nobody was uh, seriously injured, which is a plus, but kind of crazy shit. So, ladies and gentlemen, to play us out, here is my generation. Later. Peace. Ah!
Get old. 